Greetings, reading from Faith to Faith, today's Bible College curriculum. Thank you so much for coming in here. May the Lord bless you for your efforts. May the Lord bless your ears, your eyes, your heart, and your mind, and your soul. May you be lifted up with the sheer words of Jesus and the scriptures that we're reading. God bless all the works of your hands, your home, your resources, your pocketbook. Enlighten you in every which way. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen and amen. December the 7th. Colossians 3.16 is, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Pressing in. Things in this old world aren't getting any better. And in recent times, the Holy Spirit has been speaking an urgent message to my heart. Says Kenneth Copeland. He's been saying, press in, draw into a more intimate relationship with your Heavenly Father. If you don't, you won't make it. If you do, you will see more glorious outpourings of God than you can imagine. That message isn't just for me. It's also for you and for every other believer on the earth today. We're in the last of the last days of this age. Jesus is coming soon. It's an exciting time, but it's also a dangerous time. Those who don't do what the Spirit says, who don't press in to the Lord, are going to go from disaster to disaster. But those who do will defeat the disasters and turn them into glory. In Jesus' name. Your first step in drawing closer to God is to realize that you know God first in His Word. Time spent meditating in the New Testament is time spent with Jesus. Most people don't realize that. So instead of getting to know the Lord through His Word, they try to know Him through their feelings, and that just won't work. Letting the Word dominate your thinking is to allow the Holy Spirit to have control over your mind. As you do that, your feelings will eventually fall in line. Remember this, John 1 tells us that Jesus is the Word. That means when you spend time in it, you're spending time with Jesus. When His Word is dwelling in you richly, then Jesus is dwelling in you richly too. Don't go from disaster to disaster. Take those disasters and turn them into glory. In Jesus' name, press into Jesus. Press into the Word and you'll make it through these dangerous days just fine. Additional reading is John chapter 1 verses 1 through 14. New Living Translation. Christ, the eternal Word. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. 
But to all who believe him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father, one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance we all have received one gracious blessing after another. Verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. December the 8th. Get the two together. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. In the New Living Translation, it says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Colossians 2, 6 and 7, New Living Translation. Establishing the faith and abounding with thanksgiving, these days it seems that's a rare combination. A lot of people have been taught faith over the last several years, and a lot of people have been taught to abound with thanksgiving, but it's been hard to get the two together. Faith folks want to confess the word all the time, but they don't praise God very much. And those who like to praise God just want to jump and shout and dance and have a good time in the Lord. You can't get them to get very serious about the word. Success comes from combining the two. So let's do it. Let's put them together in our lives. When we run into a challenge, we don't just stand around grim face and white knuckling, holding on to our faith. We raise our hands high in praise. We start thanking God in the midst of what's happening around us. We keep thanking Him for the answers until it comes. Instead of just standing on the Word, let the joy of the Lord enable us to dance around on in a little bit, in a little while. It will get you where you're going a whole lot faster. And you and God, me and God both will have a much better time this way. Scripture reading is Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. 
I'm telling you this so no one will deceive you with well-crafted arguments. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Amen and amen. Very, very good reading. Wow. Amen. Now for December the 9th. Love, the secret of success. Love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13.8, the Amplified Bible. Love never fails. Fear of failure is haunted all of us at some time in our lives. Popular psychology tells us to adjust to it. But the Word of God tells us that there is a failure-proof way to live without it. It is the way of love. If you want to know real success, you must learn to be moved and motivated by love. That's how Jesus was when he was on the earth. Even when John the Baptist was senselessly, brutally murdered and Jesus went away to be alone, he didn't deviate from the way of love. And Matthew 14, 6-14 says that even then in that emotionally taxing time when the people followed him and would give him no solitude, he was moved with compassion and healed their sick. I used to wonder how Jesus could just turn away from that terrible crime and not retaliate. What I didn't realize was that he did retaliate. He overcame the works of Satan with compassion. He defeated hatred with love. He attacked Satan in the spirit realm by destroying his works of sickness and disease. Compassion doesn't strike at the surface of things. It goes to the root of the problem. That's why it always succeeds. But wait, you may say, I can't operate like that. I am not Jesus. Yes, you can. Yes, yes, yes. Because the word of God says that his love has been shed abroad in your heart. Romans 5, 5. And in 1 John 2, 5 says, his love is perfected in you as you keep his word. Commit to living the life of love today. Watch God turn failure into success at home, at work, in any situation. Love never fails. Scripture reading is Matthew 14, verses 1 through 14. When Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee, heard about Jesus, he said to his advisors, This must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. That is why he can do such miracles. For Herod had arrested and imprisoned John as a favor to his wife, Herodias, the former wife of Herod's brother, Philip. John had been telling Herod, it is against God's law for you to marry her. Herod 
wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of a riot because all the people believed John was a prophet. But at a birthday party for Herod, Herodiah's daughter performed a dance that greatly pleased him. So he promised with a vow to give her anything she wanted. At her mother's urging, the girl said, I want the head of John the Baptist on a tray. Then the king regretted what he said, but because of the vow he made in front of his guests, he issued the necessary orders. So John was beheaded in the prison, and his head was brought on a tray and given to the girl who took it to her mother. Later, John's disciples came for his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus what happened. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. December 10 by Gloria Copeland Seek God first. Matthew 6.33, Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 6.33. In the New Living Translation, it reads like this. Seek the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Whenever Ken and I talk about living by faith, I know there are some people who think, oh, that's easy for you. You're preachers. You have it made. And in some way, we do. We have it made because our calling demands that we give God our attention. And giving God our attention always brings success. But we haven't always lived that way. In fact, the first time I ever saw Kenny Copeland, he was about as far from a preacher as I figured you could get. He flew planes and sang in nightclubs. As for me, I was a college girl who said she would never marry a preacher who had never even heard about the new birth. Right after we got married, Ken went into a business enterprise that we thought was going to make us rich. So I quit my job and went to work for this new company. Two weeks later, it folded. We ended up sleeping on a rented rollaway bed that sagged in the middle. We had a rough iron coffee table Ken made in high school and a black and white TV. Nothing else, no refrigerator, no stove. I cooked in my coffee pot and an electric skillet and used a cardboard box on the porch to keep our food cold. We were flat broke, unemployed, deeply in debt. I had nowhere to go, no furniture, no, nothing. Then one day I picked up the Bible Ken's mother had given him for his birthday. In the front, she written this verse, Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I turned and read Matthew 6. It said, God care for the birds. For the first time in my life, it got into my heart that God cared where I was and what I was doing. I figured if he cared for birds, he cared for me. I knelt in that bare room and told Jesus that if he could do anything with my life, he could certainly have it. 
That's all I remember saying. I had no idea. I had just been born again. Two weeks later, Ken found a new job. We moved to a new furnished apartment and bought a better car. In the midst of it all, something else happened. Ken got born again. Don't worry if you don't have it made. We certainly didn't when all of this started. Just stick with God and let him make you. He is a God, a good God who is good to all. Psalm 145.9 Make a decision in your heart to seek him first. Then all the other things will be added. Scripture reading is Psalm 128. How joyful are those who fear the Lord. I said, how joyful are those who serve the Lord. All who follow his ways. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How joyful and prosperous you will be. Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine flourishing within your home. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. That is the Lord's blessing on those who fear him. May the Lord continually bless you from Zion. May you see Jerusalem prosper as long as you live. May you live to enjoy your grandchildren. May Israel have peace. December 11, Kenneth Copeland. Spread peace this Christmas. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Let's go ahead and read in a different translation. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Wow. Luke 2, 13 and 14. Christmas is very important time of year. It is a time of year when the whole world is hearing the message of the birth of Jesus. It's a time when people are tender-hearted, the perfect time to plant seeds of love in the lives of those you meet. Sometimes those seeds may just take the form of a kind word in the middle of rush hour shopping. Other times you may get the opportunity to pray and minister to someone. But whatever the situation, keep a sharp eye out for even the smallest chances to assist people. I had some outstanding experiences giving a few dollars to someone in need. As they are taking the money, I tell them, This money is from the Lord Jesus Christ. I serve him. He is the one who instructed me to help you. It's amazing how many people are ready to hear what you have to say when you say it in love. They're starved for someone to really care. Be that person this Christmas season. Spread the word about the peace that's available in Jesus. Tell about his goodwill toward them, men. Who knows how many of those small seeds may one day take root and bring one more precious person into the glorious kingdom of God. Who knows how many of those small seeds 
may one day take the root, take root and bring one more precious person into the glorious kingdom of God. Scripture reading is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken from Quirinius, who was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David... He had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first son. She wrapped him snugly in stripes of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior... Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in stripes of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven. And peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angels had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they have heard and seen. It was just as the angels had told them. Our next reading is December the 12th by Kenny Copeland. Tune in. 1 Corinthians 14.2 he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. 1 Corinthians 14.2. Let me read it in another translation. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Oh, that's not it. <laughs> but that sure hits it right there, huh? In a nutshell, that was not a mistake, folks. Why would I go to fourteen fourteen? For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. In a nutshell, there it is, folks. Let's go back to fourteen two. 
For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. Since people won't be able to understand you, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit. But it will all be mysterious. Amen. Well, before I read what Kenny Copeland says, my experience is, is in the tune in is the high frequency, the high frequency of God where God lives. God is power, God is love, and it's a high frequency. Like when seasoned preachers preach for you, you can feel the heat coming into you and into the bottom of your feet all around you, and they melt you like butter. That's what I felt like when I got prayed for, when I had a whiplash in my back. I felt like the master, the master, the Lord himself touched me through the, through the preacher. And I was, I felt the sensation, the power go through me and it turned me into butter. And the power twisted me to the right, like an unseen force was holding my hands. And then it, it pulled me to the left you know, like move with my hands up in the air, twisted, twisted my back a couple of times, and then the pain went away. But I felt that heat. So when we're talking in tongues, we're uh, saying quite a bit to God in things that we really need, and we're fighting off the demons around us that are trying to make us discouraged. They tell us it's not working. They tell us it's ridiculous. Our own mind, our own subconscious mind tell them, what are you doing? Gibberish. But test it. Test it for seven days. Hum, speak as, as much as you can here and there. And, and speak it to God and see what happens after the eighth, ninth day you'll start seeing that you'll, you'll start to unrattle a lot of mysteries in your own life and getting released from them. The thing I encourage you is, is to move forward in courage and honesty in this, when the situations come forward. Reach out and be adamant, courageous to speak the truth and get things on the table so you can unravel the past things that are holding you, if anything, there is. You can be, have more freedom through speaking in tongues. Okay, enough of that. Let's go ahead and go to Kenny Copeland. Tune in. Have you ever looked around at your own life or the life of the church and wonder why it's taking the Lord so long to get things in order? If so, let me tell you something. I learned a few years ago. He's not the one who's slow. We are. It's not God's fault that the church still has spots and wrinkles. It's not his fault that we're not living in total victory. He's always ready. He's the great I am. We're, we're the ones who fall short. Compared to tuning on a, a radio, if you don't have it tuned to exactly the right frequency, you won't be able to hear the station. It's not the station's fault. It's sending out signals perfectly. The problem is you haven't tuned into it. That's what's happening with you and me. We haven't fine-tuned our spirits enough to pick up the voice of the Spirit. Oh, we pick up a few things now and then, but mostly we just fade in and out. We don't stay on God's 
wavelength all the time. How do you adjust your spiritual tuner? By praying in the spirit. Praying in other tongues is the fastest, most effective method I know of to tune into God. Because instead of praying your own thoughts, your plans, you're praying his thoughts, his plans for you. The Bible says that when you pray in tongues, you're speaking mysteries to God. In the spirit, you're calling for parts of God's plan. You don't even understand with your natural mind by the unction of the Holy Spirit. You're praying the perfect will of God. You see, God knows how to deliver his people. He knows how to turn us into the glorious church without spot or wrinkle. He has a plan that will do it. And if we'll tap into that plan and start releasing it into the earth by praying in the spirit, praying according to his will and not our own, this age will draw to a close quickly. If we all get our minds and hearts in tune with what God's doing, there will be an explosion of the power of God that will turn this world around. Start adjusting your spiritual tuner today. Spend an hour praying in other tongues. Set your spirit on God's wavelength and just see how quickly the spots and wrinkles begin to disappear from you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen and amen. Glory be to God in the highest. And now, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 19. Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. Since people won't be able to understand you, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit. But it will all be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others and encourages them. A person who speaks in tongue is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy for prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues. Unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. Even lifeless instruments like the flute or the harp must play the notes clearly or no one will recognize the melody. And if the bugler doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know they are being called to battle? It's the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, how will they know what you are saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. There are many different languages in the world, and every language has meaning. But if I don't understand a language, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it, and the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. And the same is true for you, since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret. 
what has been said. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well then, what shall I do? I will pray in the spirit and I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the spirit and and I will also sing in words I understand. For if you praise God only in the spirit, how can those who understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you're saying? You will be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language.